You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. And Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? I'm doing quite fine. There's Jimmy a schedule no out right here. Yeah, there schedule is. Out. And Jimmy, you have no idea that this happened, but we actually have some intro music now, and I have figured out how to put that intro music into our podcast, which is even more amazing uh, than actually just our getting some intro music. So I'm pretty. Please up tell that. me it's. Please tell me it's WAP by Cardi B and Megan The Stallion. It is not WAP. Uh, that was the second choice. They the pe- good people at Locked On sent me. Uh, some pretty standard ones. And they said, you know, you can pick another song, but I don't know how to do that. I would have picked WAP or I probably would have picked, um, oh, I don't know. I would have picked some kind of old school rap or something. But anywho, uh, it's the actual title of this song is called Funk 3. And it's not a song. It's just an instrumental. Funk 3. And a very, very beautifully sounding lady is a beautiful sounding lady, I guess is uh, doing our intro, and and we love it. And, uh, you know, hey, there we go. That's Um, awesome. Would have preferred WAP, but okay. Speaking of intros, if you're not fired up by the CBS football intro, then something is wrong with you, and I would go get tested for COVID and or syphilis. Because if you don't like that intro, you are screwed up. Um, You have COVID of the ears if you don't like the CBS. When I hear the SEC on CBS – football intro i get so excited i mean that's the noise we waiting we're just waiting to hear that all year long is that the best intro tied with the nba theme song from john tesh yeah i don't even know that it's tied with that i just know it's the best and it's instantly like i could hear it in february i can hear it in march i can hear it in april i can hear it in june and all i got to do is hear it and I am immediately transported to a Saturday in the fall. And while I know that everyone's got their issues with CBS and the broadcast and, and people don't like Vern and they don't like Gary and now they don't like Brad and Gary and all that stuff. And, and, and the contract kind of ran its course and probably went on too long and the SEC ended up underpaid at the end of it here. But I, I will miss it. I think the SEC, the SEC became the preeminent power in college football in part due to this contract. That, that is a fact. The SEC on CBS, I mean, Jason Aldean right now says it best every week after his little song, you know, that last year when he, when he grabs a football, looks at the camera and says the best game from the best conference. And, 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 and that tagline uh, has meant everything because the SEC has been the best league that happened during this contract with CBS and, and I'll miss it though. I agree that it it had run its course. Well, the reason I bring it up is because a lot of the schedules have come out in terms of TV schedules and um, pretty interesting stuff. I'll tell you this week one, the game that they have chosen CBS is LSU and Mississippi state. And on the surface, I get it. I get it. It's the defending national champ playing uh, the pirate 
and um, Mississippi State has had some moderate success going in there of late. I guess they, they've only won once in Baton Rouge that I can remember. But um, they have won in Baton Rouge in the last couple of years. And so, I mean, it makes some sense. Well, now that LSU is having people opt out literally by the hour, I mean, it's almost a honk if you've opt out at, at LSU, um, then – I, maybe this game isn't going to be so interesting. I found it pretty amazing that the Auburn-Kentucky game, which I find to be the most intriguing game of the day, is the 11 o'clock kickoff. I find it intriguing and hilarious, but, I mean, it mostly intriguing. Mean, meanwhile, Alabama at Missouri is at 6 o'clock, which I find just beautiful. What a perfect time because uh, you can have people over. You don't have to worry about, you know, say, you know, but nobody wants to come over to your house at 11 o'clock. You don't want people at your house at 11 o'clock. So, yeah, I mean, I think that works great. Um, but people coming over to watch a Missouri game that you know you're going to win at six o'clock on Saturday, yeah, that's pretty damn cool, man. Yeah, uh, here, here's the thing with me. I, I we'll, we'll see how I feel the week of the game, but right now I want to predict that I think Kentucky's going to beat Auburn that that day. And the fact that it's eleven o'clock, I love it because I'm sure this is statistically wrong. Someone's going to say, "Well, have you seen the stats? You're, it ends up you're totally wrong." But it feels like the upsets happen with the 11 o'clock games. <laughs> it just feels like that to me. I'm sure that's wrong, but that's just what it feels like. If you, I say, show me a big upset, I'll show you an 11 o'clock kickoff. And I think Kentucky playing at Auburn just kind of feels like it fits into my narrative. Meanwhile, uh, take it from me, the homer, and people are just going to call me the biggest homer of all time maybe, and, and that's fair. But uh, I think Alabama's going to – crush Missouri and I wonder if at the end of the day if Kentucky upsets Auburn and Alabama beats Missouri 66 to 3 <laughs> that the TV people are going to go you know maybe we should have put that Kentucky Auburn game on at 6 and that Alabama game at 11 I don't know if, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if upsets happen more at 11 or if that when you are upset at 11 o'clock you remember it more because you want to blame it that on the fact that it was oh, played okay. at 11 o'clock Maybe, maybe that's right. I, I can't cite a statistic that says upsets are more more likely to happen eleven. I just know it feels that way to me. Maybe it's because when an upset happens early in the day, it becomes the story of the day all day long, as opposed to upset on an eight o'clock kickoff and 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 you're asleep ten minutes after it happens. <laughs> you know, as opposed to stewing on it all day long. So, <laughs> and you got to see the highlights of it all day. Like, and by the way, folks, we know it's the Hawaii San Diego State game, but if you remember earlier in the day, it was Missouri beating Alabama. <laughs> Ended up that, um, yeah, luckily, we no, I, had to hear that, that's what I feel like week one. And by the way, I'm, I, I might, I'm, I mean, it's early, I'm getting excited, but, uh, I might say right now on this podcast that Kentucky beats Auburn and Mississippi State beats LSU uh, week one. I mean, let's let's get this crazy 2020 started off totally upside down and crazy. But I'm just telling you, like, if I had to pick those games right now, straight up, no spread. I'm just saying, I think Mississippi State, LSU is is, is a, a, a dumpster on fire and uh, – Kentucky, I think, is a tough matchup for Auburn, and that eleven o'clock. This is what I know. Kentucky is going to be fired up about playing Auburn week one. I don't know that Auburn's going to be fired up for Kentucky. Heck, Auburn didn't even practice last week. No, that's true. 
And But if you really want to get the season started, Jimmy, you know what you're going to need. You're going to need an alternator. And if you need an alternator, you need to go to rockauto.com. Rockauto.com. You know, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, and uh, there's Pacificas and Kias and Fiats, it's now impossible. It's literally impossible to stock all the, the parts that you need in a chain storefront. You just can't do it. So what you need to do is go to rockauto.com, check them out, and go get what you need. Instead of asking some, uh, you know, random teenager behind the counter, hey, do you have a chassis for a 98 Buick LeSabre? And he, I don't, I don't know. Let me call the warehouse. No, you don't want to do all that. You go to rockauto.com, R-O-C-K-A-U-T-O.com, and they will tell you quickly, that they have it and they'll send it to you, uh, you know, at a very incredibly low price. They're the best, man. They're, they're just Ask the for best. fuzzy dice. Ask for fuzzy dice every time. Ask for the Locked On Bama free set of fuzzy dice, which doesn't exist. <laughs> just ask for it. I mean, they may throw them in there. They may exist. <laughs> they may exist. What about, what about those? Uh, have you seen like those steering wheel covers that have like, cherries on them that look like the cherries you'd see in like a slot machine game yeah i've seen that i've also seen on the headlights you've got those you you put like eyelashes on your headlights on the little tiny cars they probably got those go check them out rockauto.com rock auto what's up man uh man i've lost the theme song I'm too. I'm so excited about the SEC on CBS theme song. I was about to sing the Rock Auto theme song, and I've got SEC and Jason Aldean in my head. Please don't tell anybody else that you have Jason Aldean in your head. <laughs> Just for the sake of this program, we back. We back. We back. We back in the saddle. That's the uh, Aldean song that kicked off the SEC games last fall. Um. Let's talk a little bit more about the schedule and the kick times. I'm I'm a huge schedule guy. You know, I like to look at yep. schedules. And so it's really been like an extra Christmas for me this year when the when the new schedule came out again. Um, you know, we had one schedule and then we got another schedule. It's like, hey, I feel like we've gone through two seasons in one kind of. Um, but on October 3rd, we get the Texas A&M game, the CBS primetime slot. And, you know, I saw some Auburn folks kind of upset it wasn't Auburn, Georgia in that slot. But, you know, Texas A&M Alabama is probably the more meaningful game. Is is intra, uh, intra division. Texas A&M is sort of everybody's Cinderella. It's a seasoned veteran quarterback in Kellen Mond coming to Tuscaloosa in a place that will not have a ton of fans, if any. Um, it's uh, uh, Jimbo Fisher making seven point five million dollars a year, and it doesn't feel like he's earned it yet against uh, the the preeminent programming goal of college football. So I feel like that's the game they should have chosen. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree, uh, but, but I would admit that I'm a little surprised, maybe because Auburn, Georgia feels like such a traditional spot. But, hey, you know, sometimes this works out, and who knows, they have like a draft to determine this stuff, and there's a complicated contract with CBS and ESPN it could be that ESPN had a had a pick that day, and, and ESPN may have, you know, ESPN may have insisted on Auburn and Georgia as a primetime game. And I know most fans prefer six o'clock kicks, so so I, I'm imagining Auburn will have a six six o'clock type kick against Georgia. Uh, so they may not be upset at all. They may say, "Oh, well, we prefer six to two thirty anyway." 
uh, despite the prestige of being the CBS game. But uh, I'm, I'm excited about Alabama A&M at 2.30. Uh, I think it's a huge game. And with LSU's opting out epidemic, which is now an opting out pandemic at LSU, I, I, I'm more emboldened than ever at saying that Texas A&M is the second best team in the West. I was saying that before the LSU opt-outs really hit overdrive. So I think A&M's second best team in the West and the fourth best team in the SEC behind Alabama, Georgia, Florida. That's what I think. Yeah, I I believe the same. Um, And in fact, that's where I'll probably put A&M is is at second in the SEC West maybe. But, you know, Texas A&M's had a couple of opt-outs. They've had one receiver and one defensive back that I've seen lately uh, opt out. And meanwhile, just looking across the board, UCF had 10 guys opt out today. And I think two of them were only two of them were starters, but one of them was a backup quarterback. And, you know, when you have 10 guys opt out on a roster of 84 folks, it's a pretty big deal. Um, meanwhile, the the rumor is Jacoby Stevens will be opting out at LSU. And when you cool. top, uh, put that on top of cool. like uh, Tyler Shelvin and, and some of these other guys that have opted to Jamar Chase, obviously, uh, I think Justin Thomas, who is since transferred to UAB, man, Neil Farrell, Neil Farrell opted out. That's correct. I just, uh, man, LSU is going to have some problems, and and in fact, I'm not so sure they they are going to beat Mississippi State. They are going to beat Ole Miss, but uh, we'll we'll get into that a little bit later. I want to go down some of these other games on the schedule first. Um, the Alabama Georgia game, 7 p.m. night game uh, in Tuscaloosa. I like that a lot. I hope there's some people there. Maybe, you know, maybe we've worked our way through this pandemic enough by then that we can have a few more fans than we originally thought or something. I don't know. But the one thing I, I keep wondering about is, are we going to put on our normal light show for that? Because that could be really so. creepy to have, like, if you're alone in the discotheque, <laughs> it looks funky, <laughs> you know? It will be everything this fall is going to look odd. I mean, I watched Central Arkansas and Austin P, and I know they wouldn't have been playing before a full house anyway. But uh, I mean, you can't you can't help but notice. You can't help but notice that there's no one in the stands. You can't help but notice that the referees wear masks and coaches and players on the sidelines are in masks. You 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 notice maybe that the announcers that are broadcasting the game are not even on the premises or that there's no sideline reporter. <laughs> and we're, I would say we're going to have to get used to it, but we're not going to have to get used to it. It's just this year. It's better than nothing. I'm, I'm excited about it because I'm excited about anything that's better than nothing. So, but it is going to get weird. And uh, the huge expensive Alabama light show is going to take place in front of 20,000 fans instead of a hundred thousand fans. But I, I'm excited. I'm going to be on campus uh, across the street from the stadium myself, and uh, I'll enjoy uh, the light show and Brad and Gary's call on the television. I mean, that's my plan, and uh, I, I'm excited. And then, of course, the Alabama LSU game will also be on CBS, and that game will be at night as well. But it won't be it won't be the normal nighttime kick. I think it's a 5 p.m. kick, which what is a weird. Strange time. No, I get it because of the Masters. The Masters, yeah. But 5? Because is the Masters on Saturday over to 5? Well, if well, you'd ask no. me, what, yeah. what time is the, the Thursday, I mean the Saturday round 
over, I would tell you central time, it's over at seven. So why, why Jimmy, do you think everybody will be off the golf course by five o'clock? Well, a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, five o'clock central is six o'clock Eastern. So that's, and then okay. secondly, um, it's going to be day, you know, the, we're, we're day, morning savings time instead of daylight savings time. We're going to get less daylight. So, uh, and so it'll be dark at it. six. It's and so the daylight savings time, very good catch, dude. Yeah. That was smart. I was wondering all day, but you, you're right. It will be dark at uh, six o'clock Georgia time, that time of the year. So yeah. All right. I get it. Makes a lot more sense now, doesn't it? It's all coming together. It Boy, what a day. Uh, Boy, that's going to drive the wife crazy because I, I'm, I'm a big golf fan, a big Masters fan. It's going to be a huge football day. Uh, but I'm going to be like, uh, I need to watch this golf. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a thing. I don't know what else is going to be on that day. I hadn't, you know, studied over the schedule just yet. But, uh, I mean, I'm probably going to be more football than golf guy myself. But I know there are going to be a lot more golf uh, guys until the Alabama game comes on for sure. Right. Yeah, that that's what but it's the Saturday, it's not the final round Sunday. So, you know, I could it'll just be a great day for for in the man cave to have the remote control in your hands where you can flip around between multiple games and well, what's going on at Augusta. But gosh, talk about we talked about how weird it is the masters on at the same time as college football. That's weird. Yeah, it it's Hey man, it's just it's just 2020. What are you gonna do? I mean, this is just 2020. Um, Jimmy, I do want to talk about Nick Saban and the march yesterday and and folks' reactions to that, but I'll leave that for the last segment. Instead, this right now, what I want to talk about is Deontay Lawson, who is continuing to pile up accolades from his performance this past weekend against UMS Wright. Of course, Deontay Lawson at Mobile Christian is a four-star committed to Alabama. He's one of Alabama's earliest commits for this class. If he's not the earliest commit for this class, uh, he was either number one or number two. And um, I have no problem saying and calling myself out here after the championship game last year, you've heard me on this podcast say I was, I was just not fired up. I was like, yeah, I think he's got potential, but I know, do I think he's going to be a superstar? I don't know. Um, I, I just didn't get a great vibe. Well, I, I have just either a light came on or he didn't have a great championship game or something. But Deontay Lawson is really making a move for five-star status in this class. And th- at first I thought it was going to be sort of a, you know, fans clamoring for him to be a five-star. But it sounds like some of the recruitniks, the, the people that actually make these rankings, are going to at least revisit giving giving him a pretty serious bump if he keeps this kind of performance up. And if you don't know, um, Mobile Christian beat UMS Wright last Friday night. The UMS Wright had previously won their 34 games in a row. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Deontay Lawson in that game, he was the catalyst for the victory. He rushed seven times for 75 yards, including a 51-yard scoot on a fake punt from the, his own four-yard line. He scored Mobile's Christian, Mobile Christian's touchdown and game-winning two-point conversion in the overtime to beat UMS Wright. But on defense is where he did his normal thing that, that is completely abnormal. He had 24 incredible tackles, and um, 
that's just a big deal. And, and I mean, these were all slobber knockers. I mean, I, I saw some of the highlights. He's not just get, you know, wrapping a dude up. He's knocking the fire out of folks. Yeah. He's a good player. And, uh, you know, but what happens, I'll tell you, you guys a great example because I've seen, seen this a thousand different ways from a thousand different kids. Cause everybody develops differently. You know, TJ Yeldon, I recognize as a really good prospect in the ninth grade when he was playing varsity football as a wide receiver on the Daphne high school team in the ninth grade. And, and, and some local people at that point were saying he'd be the next Julio Jones because he was playing wide receiver, but then in the 10th grade moved to running back. And, and, and then it was quickly apparent that, that he was more running back than he was receiver. And, but, but frankly, in the 10th grade, I thought, you know, that Yeldon kid is definitely a thing but I'm not convinced he's a real running back. And in the 10th and 11th grade, I thought TJ Eldon most likely would end up playing defensive back in the SEC because I wasn't convinced that he was a natural running back. And he was an SEC athlete, no doubt. And he was getting a lot of attention. But I sort of flipped. I was like, gosh, I was one of the first people to say, hey, this kid's in the SEC. Now I'm not so sure. I'm not even sure what position he plays, but he – all I can say is he's probably a thing and he's probably good enough for Alabama. So that's just kind of where I left it. Then all of a sudden his 12th grade year, he was a completely different. He was completely dominant running back. Just, just like, you're like, wow, this kid was good before, but holy crap, what is this? And I'm wondering if maybe Deontay Lawson hasn't hit a similar thing to T.J. Yeldon, where all along he's been a guy. All along it's like, hey, this guy's probably an SEC guy, and then this guy could even maybe play at Alabama. But I've seen him play games just like you, Luke. The, the last time I saw Deontay in person play a game, I was not knocked out. I, I was worried again that I'd oversold it a little bit <laughs> because while he was impressive, he didn't knock me out. I was like, hmm. Maybe he's not Alabama. But I'm thinking Deontay Lawson may have found a new gear, a new level. And this does happen where good players develop into great players. And that, that, that could easily be what's happened with Deontay. And the first thing I'll credit isn't necessarily getting bigger and stronger, although no doubt he is bigger and stronger than he was last year. This is a kid with great intangibles. He's a leader. He's a captain. I heard Ronnie Cottrell, his coach, talking about him on the radio this week down here, local radio, and he couldn't have – he compared him to Derek Brooks, who he coached at Florida State, who's one of the great football players of all time. But he says, you know, what, what makes him think of Derek isn't necessarily the fact he's a great player, which he is, but he talked about what kind of a leader Deontay is. He said, this kid's a leader like Derek Brooks was. And uh, it, it's kids like that that develop into next level big deals. And, and I think that's what's happened with Deontay, but also before everybody goes to, yes, UMS is a really good team. Yes. They've won 34 games in a row. Edwin white, who's UMS's best player, who's committed to Tennessee and is, is one heck of a safety prospect. He did not play in this game, meaning that there was probably not a single kid on the field for UMS. that's going to play division one football. So even though UMS wins a lot of games and is a great program, Deontay wasn't exactly whipping the butts of multiple future SEC players. I mean, this, this is still, to some extent, small school ball. To an extent, it's not 1A or 2A. It's actually 5A type football. But 
It's not 7A, and he didn't do it against Hoover. So I'm not sure about a fifth star for me, but uh, I, I think Deontay Lawson is ranked about where he should be, right around that 100 mark, right around the 100th best prospect in America. But what a lot of people don't realize is when you're ranked 100 in America, you are a damn freaking good player. As a matter of fact, if you're the 100th guy selected in the draft, you're at the end of the third round, which makes you a, a day two pick. So Deontay's a, a, hell of a, a hell of a prospect, even if ranked correctly right around number 100. So, Jimmy, for this last segment, let's talk about uh, the big march that uh, the Alabama football team had yesterday and uh, maybe some of the reaction to that march. Um, I thought the video was pretty outstanding. And whether or not you agree with what everyone's marching for, the fact that they're marching, I got to say that the images from the march were pretty powerful. And I thought it was very cool that that Nick Saban was out front. At first, I thought, you know, maybe it'd be better for Saban to sort of be in the crowd this particular time to not be the focal point because he's always the focal point wherever he goes. But then when I saw him uh, uh, leading the charge, leading the march, it it gave me the feeling instead of, hey, these guys are behind him and he's still number one. It gave me the sense of, hey, I'm I'm behind, even though I'm walking in front of these guys, this is to show you I'm behind these guys. And that's what I took away from it versus Nick Saban has to be out in front. I didn't look at it that way. Um, I thought some of the speeches were incredible. I, I'm, again, you don't have to agree with with everything, whatever. That's fine. That's your prerogative. I'm not here to preach to you. But if you aren't impressed by the way Najee Harris and Chris Owens, et cetera, uh, presented their cases, pre- gave their their you know, stood on their pulpits. Um, man, I don't know what to tell you. I couldn't have been any prouder as an Alabama fan to know we've got kids like that in this program. Um, and I, I thought it was the way something like that should go down. There was, there was nothing violent. There was nothing, there was nothing that made me think, Oh, this is us versus them. This, this was a, Hey, look, we, we feel like, um, we, some of us are being mistreated. Uh, and and when I say us, not the football players, we're saying us nationally, and we want to be respected as human beings um, for everybody to be that way. I don't. I didn't feel like it was an exclusive thing at all. I thought it was very inclusive, and I thought it was handled incredibly well. Oh yeah, and a shout out to every single team on campus was there, uh, and 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 the football team and the basketball team. I'm sure we all realize are the only teams that are majority black, maybe the uh, track and field, but the baseball team was there. The, the, the girls' soccer team was there. The women's tennis team was there. The, the volleyball team was there. Pat Murphy's softball team. Every team was there. The Alabama student government was there. The SGA was there. Uh, I, I was real proud, uh, you know, as an Alabama fan and, and, and graduate that, that everyone was behind our guys. Everyone was behind them. That that was the inclusive part to me is, hey, we're all with y'all. And uh, while anyone is free to have any political opinion they want, and you may like, oh, they're supporting a, a movement of socialists. And, 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 and okay, okay, fine. Uh, that, that Everyone's entitled to their opinion. But what I would urge everyone is don't be a fan that looks at our players as nothing more than commodities, 
that they're only worth their rushing yards. They're only worth their sacks to you. They're only worth the big plays they can make to entertain you on Saturday. Uh, don't don't ever don't be that fan. Be, be the fan that that supports the players as human beings, and whether and that means you know that you're you're empathetic for them when their family members get sick, or and you're happy for them when they graduate, and that you want them to do well in life, and you want them to be safe uh, as they travel about the country, and that you root for them even when they're not in the National Football League. And when their time at Alabama is up, that we're still pulling for them. That's the kind of fan that everyone needs to be. And uh, there are players on that team, I am sure, that have politics that I don't agree with. But that's fine. That's fine. I'm I'm certainly never going to be the sports fan that needs to read a political dossier authored by every player on the team before I decide if I'm going to root for them. I mean, this is my team. And, man, I, I like the Atlanta Braves. Half their team's from another country. I don't care. I don't care. They're, they're brave. If they're Braves, they're my guy. We have two Venezuelans, and I think there's a lot of communists down there or something right now. But I don't care because I don't care they're from Venezuela. I don't care who they support in Venezuela. I care about that it says Braves across their chest, and they're good people. They're, they're good people, and they're not breaking any laws. They're not doing anything wrong, and they play for my team. And, and I support them because they're Braves. Well, Alabama's no different. There's no way that I agree with all 85 kids' personal, political, and personal and religious beliefs. There's no way I agree with all. But it doesn't matter because everyone's entitled to the way they feel about things. And I'm just real supportive of, uh, of all our kids, and I was real proud of the way they conducted themselves in a peaceful understandable, highly supported protest. And uh, and I thought the symbolism was great. And it painted the University of Alabama, no matter what you think of it, in an extremely positive light. And in fact, was featured this morning on the Today Show. Yeah, and, and it was. It, it, you can't, there, there's some negative reaction out there on Twitter because Twitter is a complete cesspool. We all know this. We all go to Twitter. Because Twitter can be outright hilarious. Um, at the same time, it is when you have something like this, there is going to be somebody who wants to take something negative away from it. Um, in fact, I had somebody else today tell me, hey, you you know, your, your team's going to be the first one to kneel for the national anthem. You know that, right? And instead of getting into uh, anything about it, and, and really my whole feeling on Ka- Kaepernick from way back when was, Hey, look, I I understand what he's doing. I wish he wouldn't do it that way, um, but I'm not going to act like I'm completely offended by it. I'm not offended by it. I just, I can see where other people are offended by it. Um, And my reaction was more, you know, just to say, hey, we won't be the first team to kneel because we don't play first. We don't play till six o'clock on that day. (laughs) You know, so we also don't, we also aren't on the field when they play the national anthem. So that's true. They're doing it in the locker room. That's true too. And but if we were on the field during the national anthem, we some some or all of our guys might kneel. Right. I mean, that, that may happen. But boy, it, by this point, if if that's ruffling your feathers, man, you you're going to have a lot of uh, feathers ruffled because every sports team is doing it right now. I even said on this podcast the other day what I think would even make a bigger statement at this point: the Celtics and the Raptors are about to play. If 
if the, both teams said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to stand for the national anthem. We're going to um, sing God Bless America after the national anthem. And uh, we're going to hold our you know, right hand over our heart and do all these things because that would be like, oh, my God, there's there's a sense of unity. I mean, it would be more shocking if somebody stood for it at this point, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would, it would certainly be noticeable. I mean, I, 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 I don't even really notice. I don't notice. Uh, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I just don't notice. That's just not what I go to the sports events for. And, <laughs> that is uh, funny. If they, like, if they, who is if they, Neil, that's, I don't care. I didn't care then. I care less now because, like you're, like you're saying, Lou. I mean, the way I, it's just kind of a watered down thing now. I, 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 I realize why. I, I'm just, I don't care. I mean, I get why they're doing it, and uh, I guess my stance, if anybody cares, I think my stance is best shown by. I think off the top of my head, it was Ben Roethlisberger, but I, I could be wrong. I, I'm sure I am. I, it was it was when the kneeling kind of started taking off a year ago before the NBA, and there was a white player that was standing next to his black teammate, and the national anthem starts. So of course the cameras got to show us all who's kneeling and who's not. I mean the cameras got to go there, right? It's the big story, and they showed a black player kneeling, and the white player who I think was a quarterback. I don't know why I think it's Roethlisberger. Uh, the the white player was standing next to the black player. He he stood. He didn't kneel. He stood with his hand on his heart and he even sang the anthem. But he did it with his hand on the shoulders of his teammate. And that's the way I look at it. That's like yeah. saying, "Hey, I, I'm not going to get on one knee because I I'm, I'm I find that disrespectful, or I'm not sharing your experience, but I support I support your feelings and." I'm not going to kneel. I'm going to sing the anthem and and be proud and act like I always have. But I support your right to do it. And well, no, I, I guess that's, that's the, the best way to. That's the point because because you kneel doesn't mean you're 100 right, and because you don't kneel doesn't mean you don't support what they're talking about or you don't hear them. Exactly. Yeah, you know, and exactly. that's where it's it's like everything else. It's all come down into this you know, forgive the pun, a black and white thing where you either do this or you, you're either right. with us or you're against us. No, that's, that's not really it. I, no, I, you certainly it's too complicated. A, yes, it's, it's too complicated for that. But yeah, it's too complicated anyway. for that. So it's, and, and I, I don't have, and, hey, and the people that would look at me and tell me I'm wrong and I'm, you know, I shouldn't be supportive at all. I'm not saying that those people are wrong either. I don't know. This is a complicated, it's a complicated issue with lots and lots of hard feelings and hurt feelings and strong feelings. I, I'm uncomfortable saying that anyone's wrong because I don't really feel like anyone's wrong, but I, I do not get upset at the players that kneel, nor do I get upset at the people that are highly upset at the kneelers. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. I get, I get it. I'm, you know, you I, mean- I had a, yeah, but, but that's, but that's the way I look at it, but it, it doesn't really affect college football because we don't do the anthem on the field that has nothing to do with this issue, by the way. We've, the college players have never been on the field during the anthem. Or if they were, it was a long time before I was watching college football. Yeah, it, it, I guess it just, you know, every, everybody talking about it, and I guess I just never think about it. I guess they aren't out there for the national anthem. I just don't even think about it. But, um, you know, Jimmy, the only thing we're upset about is that Deontay Lawson doesn't have a fifth star. <laughs> uh, and I'm okay with that. 
Yeah, I'm okay with um, that. I, I'm, I'm protective of that fifth star. See, I think the fifth star is a big damn deal, and I get sort of protective of it. In my opinion, and hey, I was probably one of the first people in the state of Alabama to to bellow out his name and tell people, hey, this Deontay Lawson and Mobiles is going to be a big thing. And I love the kid. I think he's a great prospect, but I, I would not give him a fifth star. No. I don't All think right. he has NFL prototypical first-round measurables. And to me, a five-star – has prototypical measurables. That's well, the only thing I the only first of all, now I'm upset with you. Secondly, um, <laughs> if that's the case, if that's what you really believe, and we don't have a lot of time to debate this right now, but uh, Bryce Young throws your little theory into a real tizzy there. Yes, but yes, but there's a but for for that, and that is well, Kyler Murray was the first pick in the draft. <laughs> and I sort of compare Bryce to Kyler. I mean, to me, they're really similar. And also, Bryce went to the Elite 11 and was was the best player there or one of the best players there. So I, I can find arguments as to why Bryce was a deserving five-star. But I say that, and, and I'm honest when I say it makes me uncomfortable saying that Bryce is a five-star based on the size just simply because for 20 years I've been talking about that a five-star quarterback needs to be 6'3". <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and, and so if somebody looks at me and says, I can't rank Bryce Young five stars because of his size, I wouldn't argue. I'd say, eh, yeah, you might be onto something there. Um, but but I, I personally would have given Bryce the fifth star, but only because of the Kyler Murray comp is what and, and Baker Mayfield, to, to an yeah. extent, you know. Uh, Jimmy, our buddy Feet Washer on Twitter, at yes. Feet Washer, I guess, he asked us about something. I forgot what it is, but we're going to have to talk about it next podcast. Leonard Fournette. And, uh, ah, yeah. Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette got cut. Um, yeah, All we'll right. talk about that next podcast, I promise you. Um, so, But that's going to do it for this podcast. Uh, so roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.